I wasn't where I needed to be. I wasn't the type of leader or performer that the business needed me to be. I needed to do something and take action and get honest with myself about making some changes. Welcome to the Leader Workout Podcast, sponsored by Spirity. We exist to provide a forum for leaders to learn, grow, teach, and share tangible leadership principles and practical experiences with other leaders. Andy Gallion is the CEO and co-founder of InCheck, a background screening company. Andy candidly shares the aha moment when he realized that he was not performing the way a true leader should perform and had to steer himself into the leader he wanted to become despite his insecurities. Tune in to hear the simple leadership advice that has worked for Andy and can work for anyone. Welcome, my main man. Uh, please state your name for the podcast, who you are, what you do, just the basics. All right. My name is Andy Gallion. I'm the CEO and co-founder of InCheck, married. Uh, my wife, Kim, she's a kindergarten teacher in Milwaukee Public Schools. I have three daughters ages 13, 11, and 8. So having three daughters and being in the background screening industry um, is certainly a good thing. <laughs> so um, I am in full-blown teenager mode right now um, where my, uh, my 13-year-old knows everything. I know nothing. <laughs> and everything I say results in perpetual annoyance by said 13 year old. So I'm dealing with that the best I can. And a lot of golf um, and time outside um, is a good way to uh, break up those moments. So interestingly, so Andy, we sort of been friends for a while now. And what caused us to come together? What was the point for you to decide that, you know what, I'm, I'm in a position, where were you in the, in the company? And then what made you decide to say, you know what, we, we need to connect? For me, you know, I'd been here with InCheck uh, about 14 years. And as one of the company founders, I didn't really report to anybody um, in particular besides my two business partners and myself. And so, you know, over time, you know, I noticed that, you know, just my approach to work, some of my work habits my overall performance, you know, if I would assess myself and where I, you know, how I was performing, you know, I wasn't where I needed to be. I wasn't the type of leader or performer that the business needed me to be. And it was kind of that gut check moment where I realized that I needed to do something and take action and get honest with myself about making some changes. And it was right around that time that you know, I ran into you, which was at just kind of a normal like networking event. I didn't have much time. I think there was a Packer game that night, you know, so I only had, you know, just a brief networking opportunity. The one person I run into is you. We exchange cards. We follow up with emails. You say, hey, let's get together and just have coffee. I said, great. And in the course of about an hour of talking with you and learning what you do, realizing where I was at. I quickly came to the conclusion that you were exactly the person that I needed to work with 
to make some changes. Okay, awesome. Okay, so it's something interesting that you you said. You said as a leader, and mm-hmm. what what was the moment or situation that let you know that you were a leader? Yeah, this might be a little bit reverse engineering, but I think it was kind of you know just in a sense that I knew I was a leader, but wasn't acting like a leader, mm. right? And you know, I feel like you know I would put most of the leadership uh, you know responsibilities of the company. On my business partner or one of my business partners, and was it was really comfortable doing that, probably too comfortable, right? Okay. And so, you know, my voice in the company was really kind of minimalized, but mainly by myself. You know, it was kind of like the fear of putting myself out there, the fear of being wrong and being criticized. I'd rather just kind of work within this bubble that I've created and be right by my own standards then really take on the lead and the leadership and have to step outside of my comfort zone to do the things that leaders do. Um, and so that was part of the, you know, the, the dissatisfaction, you know, as I assessed myself and my performance and where I was at, that, you know, was part of this process. That's awesome. And so it seems like then the pain led you to make a decision that, you know what, this isn't good enough. I'm letting people down. I really need to step up my leadership game. And so then you decided to take some action on that. Exactly. Awesome. You know, we've known each other a couple of years and what, what are some things that you've learned through the process of getting a coach and you've been able to unlock in yourself? Well, I think the biggest thing, Darren, is, you know, your, your platform, it's about structure. It's about consistency. And those are two things that, you know, as I alluded to earlier, you know, with, with only having to be accountable to myself, I didn't really have the structure, the consistency, and the goal-setting mentality you know, of coming in each day, working with intentionality and having a purpose, and looking at what I accomplished on a daily or weekly or quarterly basis uh, from the perspective of those being successes. What has been unlocked? So now you're on this journey, you're getting the coaching, you got the structure, What's been the, you know, what has been in, been unlocked in you? Because I think the structure creates the opportunity for something to flourish. So if you create the right environment for a garden, it's not the garden itself doesn't matter. It's what the garden is actually producing, which is the plants and everything else. So for you, you got the structure, you got this support system. What did it unlock in you? I think just the confidence to know that I have the ability to, to lead. Awesome. In that my inner voice, right? It it was it was gaining kind of that that momentum through continually looking at daily, weekly, quarterly successes to get myself to a point of trusting myself more, based on you know your approach, Darren. Like you're you know you're behind your clients a thousand percent. I needed that. I needed somebody to help push me, challenge me. You know, let me know where I was off, where I was on. As you had mentioned at one point, you know, it starts off where I have, you know, zero accountability, right? And then I move into accountability to to you, right? And then accountability to myself, or is it the other way around? Yeah, yeah, totally. External accountability where you got somebody telling you, hey, you need to do this. You're like, okay, I'll do it for you. Then the internal accountability, which is you're taking it on yourself saying, yep, I can do this. Yep. And then we move into mutual accountability, right? Where we yep. are today. That's exactly And it. I think just moving through that process is, is where kind of at different points along the way where that growth occurred. Awesome. 
And you have this now in check 2.0. It's a big project you led. Uh, but I, I think the way you led is very uh, interesting. I think from a just from a leadership perspective and how, what your leadership style is, what, what was your in check 2.0? Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, we had been going on for 14 years and, you know, slow and steady growth. We were about a 40 person company at that time. And, you know, we were still kind of operating, you know, like a 20 person company. And so just, you know, the lack of structure and organization that we had within, within the company was something that we needed to, you know, improve in order to start to scale and get some of our, our leaders into positions where they were, you know, taking a more active role in the day to day operations of the business, right? So empowering them to start to take on more and become more invested in, you know, leading the company. And so it wasn't just on the hands of myself and Adam, right? But, you know, that took a little bit of time. You know, we had to replace some folks who, you know, hadn't grown with the company. And, you know, with a lot of change like that, um, you know, there's going to be some attrition. And so kind of working through some of those, working through some of those changes. But um, what what quickly what was quickly identified were a couple folks who were helping drive this Incheck 2.0 concept, right? And and leaders that are a couple of years later, you know, really elevating their respective games to you know the executive level of essentially helping us run the company. And you know, I'd say that you know the overall approach was to get buy-in. What do you guys think we need to do to get this company, you know, functioning at a higher level? And working on that together, because I didn't have all the answers. You know, I had a little bit of a vision that was starting to come together, but that vision was cultivated through, you know, continuous dialogue with other leaders within the company and getting their buy-in, getting the approval to understand that this is what, you know, we needed to do. This was the right move. And this was going to get our company to that next level. Instead of working, you know, operating as a 20-person company, we needed to be operating like a 7,500-person company. And so that was the goal. Awesome. And you, you mentioned Adam about, yeah, that's your partner. Tell me about Adam and his whole, I mean, he, he really was the one who got the thing sort of going when you were, were not yep. necessarily in your position. And then talk about just how that worked for him in this, this whole transformation probably a tough transformation for him just because so much of the leadership had fallen on his shoulders, Mm. you know, and I feel like through my lack of action, I burdened him unfairly over the years of putting too much on him. That dynamic resulted in an organization that, you know, required us to change and him to change um, and kind of adapting to, you know, my leadership style, which is a transition for anyone. Um, you know, going from something that you were intimately involved in creating to then transitioning after a number of years to it being a completely different concept and, and way of running the company. But ultimately, I mean, it's been great. And, you know, he'd be the first person to tell you that the investment that we made to go in this direction to work with you, Darren, was absolutely the best move and, and the right move for InCheck. Um, it's been a really great transition overall. It definitely was challenging. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But um, where we're at today, I wouldn't change anything. That's awesome. And I know that, I mean, you knew coming into the coaching process that you didn't have the answers, but um, from a, a coaching perspective, because there's just a lot of times people have fear of getting coaches. And 
as far as the answers go, how does coaching help you understand it and understand what answers you do have and don't have and how to address those answers? It's kind of like part of my personal board of directors, mm. right? Um, mm. You know, my wife, my wife's on that board, um, <laughs> as she should be. She's the chairman. Right. The <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, um, you know, some other folks that are near and dear. But ultimately, for me, it was really just, you know, talking through, you know, what we're doing, bouncing my ideas off of you, but then being open to what the answers were. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people get into relationships with coaches. Um, even like therapists and, and just areas where people are trying to make improvements, but they're not either a honest with themselves about really wanting to make the change, you know, or willing to kind of let go of what's inside their head in terms of the objective, right? Like there is no objective, right? It's, it's, you know, someone's still so attached to, you know, their ideas and their way of thinking, you know, the idea of working with a coach really isn't even a legitimate opportunity because they're not going to make any changes. And so, you know, I feel like for anybody that's considering working with a coach, they just really have to be open. They have to be honest with themselves, identify where they need to make changes in order to get to that next level. Awesome. Well, you use that term, the objective right, something we've sort of talked about a lot. What, what is the objective right? What, is, what does that mean for you? You know, for me, it's doing the next right thing. Mm. And, you know, I think in any situation, there's an opportunity to do the next right thing. And if you do the next right thing over the next 1,000 small decisions that you have to make, ultimately, you develop a pattern of um, and a habit of doing the right thing. And, you know, that's that's where, you know, when it starts to come naturally, right, you've that you've developed that muscle memory, if you will. You know, the objective right is what everybody in the room would consider to be right. It's not some, you know, lofty version, Andy's way of thinking that nobody else would buy into, right? That's not the objective right. It's what is the right way to handle a situation that people would agree on. You would gain credibility by, you know, taking action based on, you know, a certain decision that you have to make. That somebody you know, right next to you or someone on your board of directors would say, yep, that was, that was the right thing to do. So it's always trying to do the next right thing. I think you have something, and I think everyone has a unique leadership uh, style and leadership philosophies. What, what would you say is Andy's leadership philosophy? Collaboration, you know, working with people that, that I have no problem admitting are smarter than me. <laughs> you know, not, I don't have a problem being wrong and not being afraid to be wrong. Talking through the big decisions that we have to make as an organization, even the small decisions, and the answer not always coming from me. You know, I get asked a question, you know, Andy, what do you think we should do? And typically my response would be, well, what do you think we should do? And I think that starts to, you know, I put myself in that position, right? And like someone might be doubting, you know, their thoughts. You know, so it encourages them to say what's on their mind, to voluntarily tell me what they think we should do, and then, you know, handle that in a way where you don't make them feel bad for, you know, having an answer that, you know, might be a little bit off. And just treating situations with kindness, treating other leaders and and people here with respect, 
And just knowing that, you know, if I were in their shoes, right, like how would I want to be communicated with? Those are some of the simple ideas behind my leadership philosophy. Awesome. And it seems like you have a, an awesome culture at InCheck and especially uh, with your leadership style and you've been sort of running the show. How, how has the culture been transformed to move into your the InCheck 2.0, that your leadership culture, how does it all meld together? Well, I think one of the first things we did was define our core values here at InCheck, which are innovation, positivity, persistence, loyalty, and excellence. And, you know, in an industry where you don't find people who have background screening experience, per se, you have to hire to core values. You just have to find people that have a really solid service philosophy and meet our core values and then hire good people. And so, you know, that approach, and I, and I have to give credit to our HR manager, Julie Steffel, you know, because she's really been the driving force behind our talent acquisition goals and strategy. Her being on the front lines, you know, really representing that in-check brand, you know, kind of bringing that, that openness, that honesty to the interviewing process, treating people with kindness and respect. And then their onboarding experience and first days, weeks, months with InCheck match that first impression, right? So people feel like, hey, like this is legit. You know, what I thought is exactly what is happening here. And even people who, you know, the opportunity didn't work out, we part ways, have nice things to say about InCheck. And that's really what, you know, that speaks to me just as much as the success stories. But, you know, we've had, you know, so many people that have been here for so long. It's been incredible to watch people reach, you know, their personal milestones and come here to work every day, you know, at this little company that we created 17 years ago. But ultimately, it's just a culture of, of respect, you know, and, and, you know, we worked, Adam and I worked for companies, you know, we worked together before we started in check and we've been friends for 30 years. And we always knew that we wanted to create a place where people wanted to come to work every day where they felt respected, you know, where they felt comfortable, uh, where they feel challenged, where they feel fulfillment. So that's, you know, that's a reflection of the culture that we've tried to create here at InCheck. That's awesome. All right. Interesting enough. So when I met you, you were owner, but not CEO. Within six months, mm. you're CEO. What's next? Mm. What's, the, what's the next phase for you? You're going to be a 20-year CEO? Yeah, I don't know, Dan. Why don't you tell me? Because you're the one that told me that I was going to be CEO after six months and I didn't believe you. But once again, you're right. No, I mean, don't so, you have like... You know, I mean, if you could look into your crystal ball and tell me what's going to happen next, I'd love to, I'd love to hear it. But <laughs> Do you have some leaders? <laughs> Do you have some leaders that are prepped to take over uh, sort of that next level now that you've got, you've got a leadership development system? Yeah. Um, do you have that sort of next person that's sort of stepping up and, and heading that direction towards wanting to take the company over? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do. And, you know, I think this is all a product of the environment that we've built. And, you know, one of the things that, that we put in place here as a goal is to identify future leaders and think about succession planning and trying to create opportunities for people to raise their hand so that we can look at, at folks and say, Hey, like, you know, we had an opportunity, that person put their hand up, maybe it wasn't the right fit right now, but we know that that person wants more. So what can we do to try to, you know, again, create more opportunities for, for those individuals? And so, 
we created a new position, a talent leader position with one of our longest tenured employees. Um, and so, you know, that position is going to be geared toward continuous le- learning, training and development, and again, trying to identify and groom future leaders. Because uh, as the company continues to grow, you know, we want to scale people up. You know, we want people to work their way out of their position and, you know, eventually train their replacements. You know, that's just kind of the idea and some of the structure. But in terms of my position, you know, our director of operations, Rachel Tyson, who is part, you know, integral part along with Julie and Adam with that InCheck 2.0 transition. Rachel is just a superstar. I mean, she's been with us five years and, you know, she's just got it. Darren, um, you, you know, Rachel, you've met her. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, she has the it factor. I couldn't think of another person that I'd pick to run the company other than Rachel. You know, I feel like it's going to create an awesome opportunity for her. I, I'm very invested in, 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 you know, what's best for Rachel and trying to help her reach new levels in her career and, you know, that level of fulfillment and success. Um, you know, I'm just excited to see where it takes her, you know, because uh, the company's going to be in great hands in three years from now. And so, you know, we've put a, a three-year plan in place at that point in time. You know, my position's probably going to be more geared toward being out on the front lines, involved with more of the marketing and strategic relationships on more of a regional and national level, and just trying to live the brand of InCheck um, as we move forward. So, you know, that'll be refined more as, as we continue. But knowing that, you know, we've got this plan in place for Rachel to take over as CEO is, is really awesome. That is great. And she is awesome. And we would have been remiss and probably uh, attacked if we did not mention her. So I had to make sure we built her into the conversation. (laughs) A couple last things. So one is this, if you're going to give that piece of advice to, I mean, you've got three daughters, uh, met them, they're awesome. And you want to give them some leadership advice. What would be one or a couple of things you'd want them to know as they begin to build their their own leadership style, their leadership brand, what are some nuggets that you'd want them to know? That's a great question. You know, I think number one is you got to be honest with yourself. You have to be able to honestly assess your strengths and weaknesses, not just as a leader, but as a person. You know, because I don't think, I think if we can't look honestly at ourselves and our shortcomings and areas that we need to improve and just having that level of self-awareness, we're never going to be able to relate with the people who's you know, who we're trying to gain credibility, right? You know, because the people that, you know, report to me and just like overall my, my, more of my philosophy is that people have to know that you care. And I do. If they know that you care and that you're invested, they're going to work with you. They're going to want to work for you. They're going to want to come in and do their best work for you. Caring and treating people with that kindness and respect to me is the best way to get the most out of people. You have to make them want to do what they're doing to the best of their abilities. You have to motivate and inspire. You know, how you do that, you know, is different for every person. So you have to be able to relate and you have to be able to be a human amongst humans, right? You know, sometimes we have to be leaders, but sometimes we have to work our way to the middle of the pack. You know, that would be some advice for for my three young ladies. That's perfect. That's that's universally applicable uh, advice. So thank you. All right, final question for you. So you get to be done. Um, you've you've crushed it. You've grown the business, probably owned multiple businesses. All that's done. What do you want your final 
impact to be when it's all said and done. And Andy has uh, graced this earth for hopefully uh, many more years. What's, what do you want that impact to be? Oh, man. Um, you got to give you some good questions, man. I got to, got to get you, yeah, get you thinking. <laughs> that's a good one. You know, that's, it's really just, you know, for the people that have worked here, for the clients, the vendors, and, and everybody in between, we've interacted with a lot of people, you know, over the years and, you know, it'll be more to come, you know, really just for people to say, you know, that was a good guy. He was a good dude, you know, ran a good company. They did good work. They were accountable, great service, really liked working with Andy and in check. They did a good job. If that was the takeaway at the end, I'd feel like it was a success. Awesome. Andy, I just want to say thank you. You know, I appreciate you. We're friends. We're brothers. Walking this thing out together. Uh, we learn from each other. And I do appreciate you allowing me to be your coach and for getting this started off on setting a high bar for everyone else to that's going to come after you. So thanks, my man. <laughs> <laughs> no, Darren, thank you, man. Honestly, you know, I just got to take a minute to tell you, and I've told you this before, but I can't tell you enough. I'm not sure how or why you were brought into my life, but it was the right person at the right time. And when a student is ready, his teachers will find him. And I was ready and you were the man. And so, you know, just the transformation that's occurred and, and where I was then and, and where I am today is, you know, so, so because of what you've done for me, you know, personally, professionally, you know, and it's really, it's, it's, it's so legit. I mean, everything that you said, you know, you're going to be behind me a thousand percent and you were, and you have been, and you will be. Um, and that's the, you know, that's, that's what you bring to the table. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. It's the same, same this way. So, all right, man, have a, a great day and I'm sure we'll be talking soon. For those of you who don't have time for a full podcast, we're going to give you these one minute leader workouts. It's a nugget of information for you so you can ultimately set yourself for success, become a better leader and ultimately crush your goals. And here's today's one minute workout. Every leader comes to their moment of change when they realize what got me here won't get me where I'm trying to go. Have you had that moment? And if so, what's the hard thing you know you need to do in order to make that change? Next, are you actually living the change? Answer those questions and please let me know how you're progressing with that. This has been your one minute workout. Let me know how that's working out for you. What area of leadership frustrates you the most? If you're a leader and want to join a community of successful strategic visionaries, we encourage you to subscribe to the mailing list to stay connected with the Leader Workout podcast community. Don't forget to rate and leave a review in your favorite podcast app.